You're going to take the Word of God and apply it. Amen? Don't just be a dude that goes to church and sings a couple songs and looks at your watch and then goes out and blames God for all your stuff. I almost said a bad word in church. But don't, don't blame God. <laughs> get involved. Amen? I said get involved. Look at your neighbor and say, you better get in that book. Amen. If you were hoping somebody was going to be nice to you at church, you went to the wrong one, okay? We're, we're, we love you too much just to sit around being nice, okay? Here's the deal. It's awesome because we're, we are in a series called Breaking Bad, and we're wanting to break bad cultural mindsets that, you know, the world's lying to you. You, you know, the world's just lying to everybody, and, they, and, and, and they'll do anything except what the Bible says. You know, there's, there's this system of logic that's just contrary to God's system of logic. And, and, and they, you know, any, you, you know, you do anything based on the Bible and the whole world looks at you like you're some kind of a nut, but the, but even, even at that though, nobody, including the world, nobody's happy with the results that we're getting. The world doesn't want you to do it God's way. They want you to do it their way, but they're not even happy with the results that their way produces. And a lot of times, you know, we're thinking, well, you're just trying to make us religious. No, we're just trying to get effective. You know, how about that? You just have and enjoy life. You know, John 10, 10, that Jesus said, I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance through the full till over more life than death, more hope than sorrow, more peace than chaos. How about you just have some of that? You know, the, the, there's a scripture that says when you get to the crossroads, ask for the ancient ways, ask for the good way and then walk in it and you'll find rest for your soul. Now, wouldn't that be awesome? If you could just have a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet rest. If you could just get God's word producing what it says it'll produce. If you could just have that in your life. Well, you got to do life God's way. And so we're breaking bad cultural mindsets. And uh, uh, next week, I just want to remind you, next week we're going to be uh, talking about sex. It's funny. The people go, who are the people who shouldn't be having any? Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Woo! Okay. There's a man with a future. I believe. I believe. Okay. <laughs> if you got kids under 12, you'll want to make sure that you use our wonderful children's ministry. If you have kids about 13, you'll want to put them right up front. And you, well, I don't want them here too much. They know more than you do already. We want, to, we want to tell them what God says. And, and, and trust me, we ain't going to be pulling no punches. You know, it's rated at least PG-13 next week. I mean, you know, for some of you guys, you're going to think we went way past that. But anyways. But today, we're, we're, we're honored today because, uh, you know, our pastor, Shelby and I, uh, our pastor is with us. And he's not only our pastor, but he, he's a great friend. You know, and we have done, uh, we do life together. And for the past... Nine years, we have built some really awesome, thank you, awesome relationship. I, I, I talk with Pastor Sharkey almost daily. And, you know, when I have issues and challenges and raising the kids, he's the guy I turn to and I, I, I get wisdom from him. And, and, uh, and not only is our pastor and, and our friend, he's also one of the overseers of the church uh, here at the garden. And so if you have any problems with me, you want to catch him today before he goes. I've got a cell number. I'll be handing that out later. You know, he, he, uh, he, he should have been here last night. There were other overseers in the house. And, and dude, 
What did they do with him? They crucified him, didn't they? I can't remember. But anyways, uh, it's, it's awesome to have Pastor Sharkey with us. He's going to come and, and uh, just minister to us. Would you stand with me? Give him a warm welcome this morning. Come on. Celebrate what God's done to him. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Yeah. All right. Join hands with somebody. We're going to pray. Father God, today we come before you and we're just going to set our life. Before your footstool, we're, we're transferring our life right now to the throne room time. And that we want to hear things that you want us to hear. We're not hearing man's uh, observations, man's attitudes, but Lord, the phenomena of you speaking to your people through a vessel is what we, we pursue and aspire and claim today. It's not for flesh to be exalted. It's for you to communicate with your people. We thank you today that we can receive that. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Amen. Amen. Well, grab your chair. Get your book out, your Bible out. How many have your Bible with you today? Hold your Bible up. John Osteen, you say, lift your Bible up and make the devil mad. If you've got your electronic Bible, hold that up too. That's good. My wife is an electronic... Nutcase. I, no, that wasn't what I meant to say. That's not what I said. She's all into that stuff. Yeah, go ahead. She's not in town. So, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, the Bible says that it's life to those that find that. We're, we're ta- transferring it from page doctrinal points. We're pulling this down to where God's speaking to you today. Let's, let's grab a hold of it today like you've never seen it before. We're going to look at some verses you, some of you probably have seen before. But we're just going to pretend like it's brand new. Why? It, it'll change you. It's not, it never gets old. John 3.16 never gets old. Psalms 23 never is worn out. It's, a li- it's life to those that find them. If you look for it, it'll refresh you every day. There's some Bible verses I could do. Almost, probably not, but almost every day. And I demand them to charge me. I'm not going to let it become a rut in my life. I'm not going to become a a religious political animal. I refuse to go into the dumpster and become a has-been and a a doctrinal uh, pothole in the road. I, I choose to stay strong and new, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. See, God gave us secrets. As the theme of this little series going on, breaking bad habits, bad traditions, bad things that take you lower and lower, then, uh, you know, I, I have some points, some things that, that I believe the Lord has instructed as pastor asked me to come and share. You know, isn't it amazing... It's a, it's, it's, it's a phenomenon, it's a wonder to me, uh, the, the thrill, the zeal of a genuine, authentic baby Christian. How many have ever seen a baby Christian come in and they're so excited? They're like these little kids back in the daycare, no inhibitions, they're, not, they're, they're just them. And what they have in the inside of them comes out. You know, there's a thought, you teach what you know, but you live what you are. And little kids do that. I mean, they, when music comes on, they just start dancing. And they don't like something, they'll just tell you. And, you know, we, we, we conform them to fit things, and often we conform them to do stupid and, and things like we, they duplicate us. But a baby Christian, when they get saved, they're so excited. 
and, and, and they just, they're in church all the time. Imagine that. They, and they're like, they've got smiles on their face. They're happy. Why? Because the injection of the new creature in Christ, the Spirit of God, changes them. They used to be stupid, and now they're full of God. What a great experience. But in the back of our minds, our trend has been, oh, you give them six months, they're going to be like me. You know, deadbeat. You know, buying into some religious traditions. And, and, and the fire goes out. You know, where'd the fire go? You know, where'd the, where'd the zeal go? Where'd the enthusiasm go? And, you know, friends, that's all because we don't break bad habits. We buy bad habits. The traditions of man, the doctrines of man, the rules of man. That Jesus fought that. He didn't wash his food right, so they, they, they criticized him. They didn't do things that he wanted him to do. He, 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 he walked according to his father, and it made the religious people mad. If we live up to what God wants us to do, you'll get criticism from the religious people. But who are you going to please? The Lord or religious people? Don't buy into it. Don't buy into that. I, am, I refuse to become a has-been and preaching in the pulpit, having, being a part of church organization. I want life and life abundantly. That never changes. New Christians aren't stupid. They've really got the full picture. We just need to keep the zeal of God in our life. There's a, there's a verse, it's in Romans 5 and 14, and you know the verse, and it says that you are the light of the world. We are the answer to the stupid that's going on in the world. There's a lot of crazy going on in this world nowadays. School systems are crazy. Courts rooms are crazy. Uh, politics are crazy, crazy, crazy. Economics is upside down. People don't know what's going on all around. The world is in a mess, and they're looking for light. And with the, but if the Christians aren't producing the light that they're supposed to be, if we're not living this, the zeal of God consuming me, the joy of the Lord being my strength, the wisdom of God that passes natural understanding, if we're not living in this, we're just as dark as they are. In fact, we will be a frustration to them. And they'll make fun of you. We're meant to be light and salt. Salt is that flavor. It was preservative years ago. In that day and era, they used salt to preserve things, the meats and, and stuff. And it's, it's Jesus saying that. You light up the room. You change things. When you walk in the room, is your countenance changing people? They're like saying, this guy's got something we don't have. That's what he's meant to say. You're the light of the world. You're the salt. You're, you're the saving. You're the preserving of this planet. If you really take the Christians out of this world, it's really trouble. But why don't we think this way? Let's put the Christians in this world, live in what Jesus said we're to live, to be the light of the world. Lights come on. Lights come on. We need to have that effect on people. You know, you, you, you know certain people when you meet them and things like that. You know, they, they come in and, and they're, they're, they're negative people. They're downer people. And you're like thinking, I don't want to talk to that person. I'm out. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? Try to get away from that kind of, I don't need that today. Well, the same thing works on the other side. If you find somebody that lifts you up, makes you feel like you're worth something, that you've got to 
positive input. They got good words about them. They got good countenance about them. They make you laugh. They bring joy, a bit of joy to you. What do you attract to them? That's what we're supposed to be. Friends, I'm telling you, we can lift the bar up. How many know I'm telling you the truth? Turn your name and tell me, you can lift the bar up. You can, get, you can become stronger. You're the light of the world. You're not some dim bulb. You're not some dull package. God made you something when He made you His new creature in Christ Jesus. There's a life that we're supposed to be living. Not just for your peace. I'm glad He, he, he took the sin off the shoulders. How many remember the day that the sin was lifted off and the curse was broken in your life? And how free, free, free that He, 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 uh, he made you in, in life. Well, friends, it's not just a privilege to be free. It's a responsibility to show that and give that to somebody else. I think that's where a lot of us miss it. We think, oh, you know, I'm saved. I'm, I can come to church on once a week, a couple times a month, sit in a chair. It's okay. You know, I, I, I'm okay with God. But you've got to get past, I'm okay with God. Am I okay with what God wants me to do? There's a world out there that needs you. You've got relatives that need you. How many know what I'm saying? There's people, and they seem like, oh, they'll never receive that. Just don't believe that. Our God's a big God, and His light that's in you will make a huge difference if you just apply yourself. You're the light of the world. You're the salt. Don't put a bushel on it. Don't cover it up. Let your light shine. You've got more to offer than you realize, but we're content of just dummying down, you know, sedating ourselves and just becoming passive Christians. And that's called lukewarm, lukewarm, Revelations 3 and 16. It's a responsibility to not let yourself to go lukewarm. Are you with me, house? Are you with me, house? Romans 12, 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by changing how you approach. What I'm trying to do, what this series is trying to do, is to get you to think higher thoughts. Not let yourself, oh, I'm excited, oh, I'm dummying down a little bit, I'm going to be like the other believers. No, you got to be like Jesus. you got to be like the Holy Spirit. Do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know that's not a one-time deal? That's for the rest of your life. The rest of your life, you need, you need to come to church like this, and you need to be challenged. Accept cha- expect challenge. You need your pastor or the preacher or the leader. You need them to challenge you to not become neutral, not become vanilla pudding, not become comatose in the church, but to be excited and fired up and, and, and motivated to live this life and be the light that God has called you to. you got more working for you then you realize God did not make you a half-wit, spiritual, uh, a spiritual uh, basket case. He didn't get you saved just to go to heaven and you'd be miserable in this life. He made you, he made you a new creature just like Him, formed in His image to duplicate His life. Can you say amen, church? So motivated to, that you will not let yourself become mediocre and common. But you're the, you're, you, you, kept, you, you take that responsibility. I will be the light of the world. And wherever I go, I will affect my family. I will affect my friends. I will affect my workplace. I walk in the store and your countenance is up. You need to have your countenance up. God knocked on the door of Cain. He said, Cain, why, why are you down? Don't you know that the devil's knocking at your door? And if you don't do something with this, he's coming in and you're going to be out of the picture. And what happened? He didn't do nothing with countenance. 
Breaking bad habits is changing your outlook at life. It's changing those things that are smothering you and destroying you. You can lift up your eyes and look from where you stand. I'll give you the whole thing. Are you with me, church? Third John, the second verse, if you wanted a page there with me. Just some thoughts there. Third John, second verse. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper, be in health, even as your soul prosper. Now, we, let's just come out of a rut here. We, 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 we religiousize the word beloved. We, we make that word beloved. It doesn't say beloved. It says be loved. We use that. Beloved, we're here to bury sister so-and-so. Beloved, we're here today to join Tom and Shelby in holy matrimony. And we just make a religious word out that beloved. But I'm telling you, really, in, in essence... It's just saying there, be loved of God. God loves you. And He proves and He tells you the, 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 the love that is expressed. This is God's love in the next few little words. Be loved. And I'm praying that this love will prosper you, keep you in health, even as your soul prospers. How many Christians have bought into this thing Christians aren't supposed to prosper because it's evil. It's wicked. It's, it's, it's worldly. It's secular. It's dirty. Money's dirty. So if you're real spiritual, you'd walk around with a bun on your head and you walk around with long gray clothes and you wouldn't. How many sisters glad that that is not part of the doctrine of this house? You know what? I'm glad too. But how many people buy into the thing that, that God wants you to be destitute or, 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 or just marginal. And maybe God will make you sick to teach you something. And that, you know, everybody's going to have a little bit of sadness and depression. Look at, look at most Christians. Their face is long. They're heavy. Their shoulders stoop. They're shoveling on. Oh, I got the joy of the Lord. Come on. Who is buying that package? You know, they're so sad. Their countenance is falling. Their face is so long they can eat oatmeal through a gas pipe. It's just so heavy. Friends, God wants you to prosper. Be in health. Even as your soul prospers. There should be no happier people on the face of the earth than God's people. I don't mean dirty joke happy. I mean just the joy of the Lord. Laughter coming out of us. And, and, and conversation that is lifting instead of depressing. You're going to hell if you smoke a cigarette. Cigarettes won't take you to hell. You just smell like it. And you'll cough and wheeze and pay five bucks. Or I don't know what it is now uh, for a pack of smokes. But, you know, God's bigger than a six pack and God's bigger than a pack of Lucky Strikes. But I'm telling you, those things are, 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 are destructive to the vessel God put inside of you. It's like debt. You know, there's, there's good debt and there's stupid debt. And that's an economic lesson. But I'm telling you, God's bigger than all those things. And we have to think, this is what God wants for me in my life. God wants me to prosper. You do not know what prosperity is until you find it from God. You don't know what it is. Warren Buffett does not have the definition of God's form of prosperity. Healthy bodies are not for just a few people out there that have good genetics. 
God says, my loved people, I'm praying. The King James brings wish, but if you have a cross-reference in your Bible, it'll tell you that word wish really is pray. I am praying that you prosper, be in health, even as your soul prospers. Right thinking. Dad Hagen wrote a book years ago, Right and Wrong Thinking. Most Christians have wrong thinking in their life. They think they're holy by being poor and being feeble and, 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 and not making any uh, uh, um, transactions in life. God, God doesn't want that in your life. If you look at our examples, Abraham, David, and Solomon, these guys were effective servants of the Most High. Those are our examples. And that's what we need to plug into. We need to grab a hold of that verse like it had, you've never seen it before. God's love for you is for you to prosper and be in heaven. Not for your greed's sake. Not for your self-sufficiency and comfort. Not just to help your own kids out. But to affect the world. Yeah. Affect the world. We had a, just got back a few weeks ago from Thailand. Um, we had a team from our church go over there. We went to orphanages way out in the world and the sticks in the jungle. And we did things like build toilets for them. They'd never had them in however long the village had been there. We went into medical things, did uh, clinics in these little remote villages way back, way back in the woods. We just did things and, 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 and doing things in orphanages. And I'm telling you, all of it cost big but you know what? The cost produced things that changed villages and little kids' future. And it takes money. It takes healthy bodies that can do it. And it takes people that think right. Because if you don't think right, what you're going to do is you're going to go reserve your life, reserve what little money that you got. You're going to go back somewhere, build a fence up around you so you just hang on to the end. And I'm telling you, that is a loser thought. God wants you to prosper, to not just be comfortable, but to make a difference. Like, we, we, we need to be buying buildings for this church. It's too small. We need to get bigger things. So what's it going to take? It's going to take people that have prosperity, healthy bodies of swing hammers and sledgehammers and put up wallboard, and people that think, right, that, oh, I'm just too tired. Come on. You know, do it. Sleep another day. Now's the time to put your hand on the plow. Can you say amen, church? Let's be kingdom thinkers and people that know how to do God's plan and God's will. If you hook up with God, if you will take what He says here and let God work that in your life, you, there is no limitation to what He will do for you and what He can do through you. It's critically, critically important. Let's look at let a, I'm going to touch on this for a little bit. This word called, called wealth. I want to look to Deuteronomy and the uh, Deuteronomy eighth chapter. Let me see a picture. I didn't I didn't do this in other service. So Deuteronomy and eight. Are you familiar with that verse, everybody? You guys go to sleep on me. Deuteronomy and eight. I, I want to read some verses in here. I want you to think prosperous. Deuteronomy, the 8th chapter, and the um, 11th verse. It says, Beware that you forget not the Lord your God, not keeping His commandments, His judgments, and His statutes, which I command thee to say. You know, underline those in your Bibles, because there's different 
a, a different uh, uh, structure behind each of those words. There's a different uh, uh, spirit demand. He, he doesn't just call it one. He says there's commandments, there's judgments, and there's statutes. Every one of those things. Commandments are like, you better do this or you're going to get fried. There's directives here. They didn't call them the ten suggestions. They didn't go away. They're still on us today. There's, there's commandments and there's judgments. Judgments is a wise thing. God made judgments. God said judgments. And you've got to say, hmm, does that apply to me? What applied to Solomon, does it apply to me? And they called statutes. And those are the things that God says, you know what, this is what makes the world go around. This is what makes life. This is what gives you long life. This is what gives you health. This is what gives you favor. All those things are important. It says, be, beware that you don't forget those things. You know, when you get a little bit of tenure, and you've been in the church nine years, the church is nine years old, you've been here nine years, you think, you know, I can just get away with a few things that the new ones can't. They don't have the seniority. They don't have the traction. And you know, you've got to watch out for that. Every day, every day, I've got to pick up my cross. I'm saved today by the grace of God. I've been pastoring for a long time. But that gives me no leg up on anybody else. I've got to live this thing every day by faith. I've got to live this thing by holiness. I've got to live this thing by, by, by being honest. I've got to do this thing not because I've been around a while, but because I pick up my cross every day. And if you get a little traction, you get a little money. Money is powerful. You get some money in your life. If you don't keep God first, then that money will turn into wicked. There's nothing wrong with money. But if you let money have the wrong place in your life, you let power have the wrong place in your life, you let, you let longevity have wrong, then it'll take you places you don't want to go and it'll keep you longer than you want to stay. Can you say amen, church? It's very important. It's very important. So beware, he says, don't forget these things. Lest when you have eaten and you're full and you built godly houses and dwelt therein. How many know houses is plural? I've circled that in my Bible. Houses is plural. You know, how many want houses in your resume? You know what I'm telling you what houses do to you? Makes you work. We have a lake house and we have a house. And that lake house, that sucker is so much work. And it's, we, 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 I guess we enjoy it. <laughs> but I tell you, we mow it. We trim the trees and we clean that thing. And we take care of the dock and we take care of all that stuff. And it, it, is, a, it is a blessing of the Lord. But blessings are work. Don't that blessings make it easy? Blessings don't make it easy. Blessings make you a, a tool for God. Get a grip on that. How many want to be blessed? There's so many hands up right now. No, don't back off from blessing. You want a bigger church? More work. How many know no babies are easier than ten babies? My, my oldest, my, my middle daughter had twins. I'm telling you, those twins were a lot of work. Do we love them? Oh, they're such a blessing. They're such great girls. But they're a lot of work. Even now, they're 13 years old. They're a lot of work and they're expensive. And they like Papa's cash. <laughs> Ever a fundraiser? Oh, Grandpa, my best friend. Yeah, right. We know. Anyways, going on. Houses. Houses are responsibility. But, you know, you can bless people with vacations and doing stuff with that. And we do it. Why do you have 
blessings so that you can give them away. So blessed I can't contain it. So much I got to give away. How many want your cup to run over? You know, that doesn't, that doesn't mean waste. That means your cup is so full that you're giving it away. You're helping people. You got to have that in your head because small thinking, earth thinking, bad thinking will keep you greedy, stingy. And you'll do like the, the, the Jesus example. Well, I'll just go big build a bar, bigger barns and I'll just store that stuff up. He says, tonight your soul's required of you because it's broken. Are you with me, house? Houses. He talks about, look, look at this. He says, when you're in, uh, you, and you have built goodly houses, plural, and dwelt therein. And when you're, you have herds, is that plural or what? Flocks, plural, multiply, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied. If you're not keeping the statutes, if you're not keeping the judgments and, and, and commandments, then your heart's going to be lifted up. We don't, ha- we don't have a God-blessing problem. We have a heart problem. We, we, we ha- we have, we, that's why we come to church. That's why we file off a little bit of our attitude. Every week. That's why we have a strong pastor that tells it like it is. Just sharpen you up so you don't become a victim. You become a blessing. Are you with me, church? So going on. If you don't do it right, your heart will be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the great and terrible wilderness, wherein wherein were fiery serpents, scorpions, drought, there was no water and brought thee forth water out of the rock of Flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers knew not, that, that he might humble you, that he might prove you to do the good at the latter end. And thou say in your heart, my power and might of mine hand has gotten me this wealth. But remember, but thou shalt remember, the Lord thy God, which he gives you power to get wealth, which he may establish his covenant. God gives power to get wealth. Now, I don't want wealth because I want more responsibility. I want more bookkeeping. I want more stuff. I want wealth to do more for God. I want wealth to be a blessing. I want to give more to missions as a church. I want to deposit more. So I have to adjust myself to the frame of mind. Why does my cup run over? Why am I so blessed? Malachi, the third chapter. If you're familiar with that, page over there with me, if you would. I'm trying to get everything in before my time is up. I, don't have, I have not enough time. But look, in Malachi, the third chapter, if you're a tither, you're familiar with this. Bring your tithes to the storehouse, verse 10, 310. That there may be meat. In my storehouse, <laughs> bring you tithes to the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. That's plural. Circle that in your book. It's plural. There's windows of heaven that tithe and offering turns and they open up. And he says that I will pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Shall not be room enough. So blessed I can't contain it. Now, if that doesn't just fit into your little religious slot, and it's real to you in Rhema, to your heart today, if you tithe and you offer 
and you place that in the offering, things happen in the heavens. Things are engaged. Gears move, if you will, in heaven. Windows open, if you're doing it right. And blessing, look at that with me. And I will pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for you, the tither. You, the tither. So, we do this every week. What we do, it's just something the Lord dropped into my heart. What we do, we have containers up front. And during offering time, people bring it up. And during, we do it during worship time. But at the end of every offering time, I, have, I want you to re- repeat it with me. And so we do it in prayer. Just close your eyes and pray with me. Play along with me. But here's what we do. And I'm doing that for the sake of the message today. But say this. I, I'll say it. You repeat I say, Father God in heaven, I am a doer of the word. I'm not a hearer only. I bring the tithe and offering to the storehouse. Therefore, the windows of heaven are opened over me. Your blessing is poured out so great, I can't receive it all. The devourer is rebuked. My barns are full. My vats overflow. Because I am a cheerful giver. Therefore, every earthly blessing comes to me in abundance and I am able to give unto every good work. And everybody said, Amen. See, that's what happens when you engage that by faith. And it's not just a cheap little religious act. We, we shift over and we become mind engaged instead of heart engaged. It's so critical. It's so critical that you buy into this. I want you to be healthy. Take care of the temple of God. I can't eat what I used to eat. I can't do what I used to do. I have to be, I have to be more focused. But that's what it takes to be able to be used of God. How long are you going to live in this life? Why, why, why would you say that? Because it's in the Bible. Because God said that with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. But what is that? We just read that verse, we tuck it away, and we say, how long are you live? I don't know. Lord will. We just told you the will. He just told you. With long life will He satisfy me and show me His salvation. If I let this book be real to me, it's light to my path. It's health to my flesh. When, when are we going to do more than just Sunday read and let that be every day in our life? That's how you break bad habits, bad traditions, bad rules. One last verse. God wants you to prosper. God wants you to prosper to pay for this building. God wants you to prosper. Uh, let's look at Proverbs. The third chapter. Proverbs 3. You remember I, I mentioned that my barns are full and my, my vats will overflow? <laughs> look at verse 9. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your substance and your first fruit of your increase. So shall your barns, plural, S. You should, you, remember that, reservoirs, accounts, uh, uh, investments. You need to be thinking that way. Oh, I never owned that. I'd still rent a house. Friends, it's not, it's not a sin, go to hell sin for you to rent, but it's just not God's plan. Well, there's a lot of work. Well, get a grip, sweetheart. So are kids. So is a car. So is everything. Go, going to Walmart's work. <laughs> but since when does work be a, be, be a, a non. Uh, Engage part of you being a believer. 
the work of the ministry. This you got to be. You, if you want to be blessed, you got to engage. You got to serve, and you better know how to serve. And you better do it with all your heart, or these things are just going to be lofty little things, and you disappear, and you won't be effective. It says there, if you honor God with your first fruits of your increase, your barns will be filled with plenty, and your presses shall burst forth with new wines. Barns plural, vats plural, it's reservoirs. You need to be thinking that. How many counts do you got? And then the over is just, well, I can give it from this, and I can give to that, and I can, I can let somebody stay in this house, and I can help this widow lady out. Most people don't even think that. They're thinking, I need a knot on the end of my rope because I'm at the end of it. And that's just not how God's promised it. I wish above all things, pray above all things, that you prosper. Why? So your cup can run over and you can give it away. Your, your, your vats will run over and you can bless somebody. Your barns are full. Because you're not even thinking about your next meal. But you're thinking how many people you can engage and you can help and you can rescue. And you can make, lift them up and say, look, I'll give you this. But come on, church with me. Or can I pray with you? And let God enter your life. Well, so what He got, did for me, He'll do for you. And recreate the process. That's how we're supposed to think, friends. Not just, oh, I'm just religious. Kumbaya, Lord. Here I am. I feel good today. Oh, the sermon went too long. And after all, He didn't make me feel good today. Most Christians are looking for, what are you doing for me? And I'm telling you, we need to be thinking with fire. All of us, what am I doing for God? And not, not under legalism, but under thinking, I just want to be used of God. Look at this. Last one. I said that before, didn't I? <clears throat> 13th verse of the same chapter. Happy is the man that finds wisdom. How many, why do we have so many sad Christians? Because they don't have any wisdom. We've got to have wisdom. Wisdom makes you happy. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that. Wisdom makes you happy. Happy is the man that finds wisdom. The man that gets understanding. The merchandise of wisdom is better than the merchandise of silver and grain thereof than fine gold. Now, if I went downtown and I put a bag of gold, bag of silver, and a Bible next to it, how many people would come and take the Bible? But God says, get a clue here, kids. If you find out what wisdom is like, if you find out where it comes from, and you find out what true wisdom injects into your life, you will know it's better than gold and silver and rubies and all that you can be desired. But how many people have it? If you take Christians, a bag of gold or the Bible full of wisdom, how many would take the gold and not the Bible? The multitude. Why? We've never been schooled in, 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 in true God wisdom. Because it's, it's Solomon class. And look what he had in his bank account. But he never sought after gold. He sought after wisdom. Going on. For the merchandise is better than silver and gold, grain the, grain, the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all that you can desire are not to be compared to her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand is riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant, and all her paths are peace. Interesting note. It's the only place I've ever found it. That this is the only, the only download from heaven that has a personality or a gender attached to it. Only place. And it equates it with wisdom. Why is that? It's because God wants you to know wisdom has life to it. 
It has companion facility to it. And you connect with it. That's okay. I like amens. So he covered his mouth. <laughs> so you say it all you want, buddy. It makes me feel good. It's all about me, you know. <laughs> it's another thing, too. One thing that you'll find is that, that around wisdom is mentioned understanding and knowledge. There are, there's either one of them or both of them. Whenever you read your Bible, mark that down. You have wisdom, you have knowledge and understanding. But, and, and here's the thing. Institutions, universities... Uh, 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 schoolings will give you wis- give, give you knowledge and give you understanding. But why they fail and they turn around and become God-haters, most of them, is because they do not have God's wisdom in their life. And that's what wraps around knowledge and understanding that makes it worthwhile. That's why you get the most educated people or the craziest people in the world. I had a Ph.D. Brother Hagin said that was post-hole digger. But... It, <laughs> PhD is, you know, it's, it's a degree, it's a doctorate. And I, I got a doctorate in psychology, and he was the biggest fool and donkey I had ever met. And I had to say, buddy, you cannot come to my church no more. I, 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 he was always a troublemaker. And so I set him right down there in that chair where Stephen's at. And I said, you, if you come to my church, you, you get out of the car, you sit in that chair, and you don't say nothing to nobody. And he violated us. I said, buddy, you're out of here. You know why? He had a lot of knowledge. He had a lot of understanding, but he was a fool. And I'm telling you, we don't need any more fools on the planet. We need some wise people. Look, look at that place. If you have wisdom, it's going to do two things. It's going to give you length of days in, give you length of days in her right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. The right hand is always the signature of your power hand. That's, that's in the Bible, the Bible words. It's, it's, it's always that point of authority. And in your left hand is your support hand. And that is riches and water. Riches and honor are always to support your length of days that you are on this earth to serve God. And you put those things together, buddy. You got strength and you got power. And we can make a difference in this planet. We can break bad habits. With God's word, God's wisdom, God's understanding. We can change things. You can last. The, the, the length of a pastor in a city is like five years. The youth pastor is six months. Why is that? It's because we preach trash. Well, that's probably a strong word. No, we preach trash. We preach weak stuff that does not challenge people to get out of their rut. To get out of their, 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 their routine. Get out of their vanilla pudding. And they just live common, mediocre life. I don't want to live that way. I will get out of it. If I, I've got enough, enough time in. I mean, prison guards don't have to serve 34 years. And you, 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 I would be out of this thing if I lived a common, mediocre life. Are you satisfied with common and mediocre? Because if you are, you need to have a cattle prod stuck somewhere. And get fired up and energized. Can you say amen to that? Bow your heads with me. Father, today we do not want to be common. We do not want to depend upon the world's ways. We want to be transformed by the renewing of our thoughts. We want to capture the fullness of this. That we prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. God, I pray that over this house that every spirit injected continue to flow an electric current from heaven that's filled with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that produces, that produces prosperity, health, and a sound mind. I pray that over the leadership. 
I pray that over this house. And I, Father God, ask that you move in a way and to challenge these people to not let them to become a common, uh, uh, mediocre, and vacillating believers. But they're hungry and they pursue. Seekers always find. I pray that in this house. And I pray, Father God, if somebody's here today that does not know you, that they will say, I want, I want the elite. I want to be a part of SEAL Team 6. I want to be a part of the people that are climbing the mountain. I pray that, Father, over this place, that they'll be filled with courage and make right decisions. I pray that in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Pastor. While heads are bowed, keep your head bowed, your eyes closed. Somebody, there's people in the room today. Dude, you just need God. You need to be loved by God. We're going to pray a prayer before we leave. You're here today and say, you know what? Pastor Tom, I need God in my life. I need to surrender my life to God. I, I want the love of God like never before. Maybe you've never, ever had it. Make this prayer your prayer. We're not going to embarrass anybody. not going to call anybody out. But if you're here, nobody's looking around. And you say, it's time for me to, to, to dedicate my life to Jesus. I, I want to commit myself to Christ. I'm going to make this prayer my prayer. While nobody's looking, just hold your hand up real high so I can agree with you in prayer. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, man. You can put it down. Anybody else? Somebody else? It's so cool. Thank you. We're all going to pray. Let's pray this. Say, 